gentlemen, welcome to the D-Rich Show, where we talk anything and everything crypto. Now, here's your host, D-Rich. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the D-Rich Show. This is D-Rich, and today is Friday, May 21st, 2021. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope that uh, everyone is doing well. And again, as always, I hope that this video finds everyone in good health, good spirits, and good energy. And again, I thank you for um, tuning in to yesterday's video, and um, I hope that you guys got something out of it. Um, anyway, guys, um, the reason why um, you see this up on the screen first, it, um, I want to go over it a little bit real quick because I think it's... Uh, um, you know, uh, interesting to share key points and um, things with, you know, the audience, um, which is different. Um, this is a book that I'm currently reading that I purchased over this past weekend. It's called Maximum Momentum, How to Get It and How to Keep It. And what I wanted to do, um, just uh, something different today. Um, go over the introduction. I just want to read the introduction to you guys today because, um, you know, maximum momentum um, always um, is needed and necessary. And I just wanted to go over um, this because on this channel, I always try to talk positive and make sure that people are um, keeping their head up, keeping their focus and keeping their um, energy um, to um, higher levels, um, removing negative um, from that. But anyway, guys, this is all for you. Um, so I just wanted to uh, read it just real quick. I hope you don't mind. Are your best days ahead or behind you? It is an interesting question to ask. It is an easy question to answer, but it is a hard question to answer truthfully. Most people feel entitled to have their best days ahead. And then they wonder what went wrong when they discovered that it is that it isn't so. What happened? Who can they blame? We're left to wonder. How do some people always seem to be in the right place at the right time? Is it luck or is it something else? Assessing the question, are my best days ahead or behind? In a key, in a key component of the study of momentum, it has been a way of life for me. It's reflected in every decision I make every brand I see, every town I visit, every employee I hire, every politician I consider, every post on social media I read or write, every meeting I have, every race I run. All go through the same best days ahead test. Is this going somewhere? Will it lead to something positive? I know one thing, I always want to be a part of whatever is in the best days ahead category. People who know me that I never say to something that carries a sense of possibility or optimism, even if it, even if it means overcommitting, double booking, or traveling around the world, I follow each opportunity because I never know where it will lead. If it's moving, I'm going to keep moving with it. In the movie, Annie Hall, Alvy Singer is having a conversation with Annie Hall and he says, a relationship, I think, is like a shark, you know? 
it has to constantly move forward or it dies. And what we got on our hands is a dead shark. A shark stays alive by moving forward. It has to keep its momentum or it dies. That is pretty extreme. But that's my story. I am that shark. That's not to say I am predatory. I'm just always moving forward, always training, maintaining momentum. For me, momentum takes constant work. It doesn't just happen, and it's definitely not easy. You have to be savvy, nimble, and one step ahead all of the time. I have achieved maximum momentum through momentum milestones that have kept me moving forward. And here's some here are some of my early ones. So it goes on into uh, the book and starts going into describing some of his early achievements um, by achieving uh, momentum and keeping that momentum moving forward so that you don't um, slow up or slack up. Um, because sometimes we are naturally um, procrastinators. We, we naturally procrastinate. Um, so I just wanted to share that with you guys. I hope you guys got something out of that. Um, but anyway, guys, let's go ahead and get right into today's video. As always, we talked to you about the coin market cap. Let's go ahead and give that a fresh uh, refresher uh, real quick. So, um, yeah, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you want to get the book, um, you're more than welcome to. Um, you know, I like to read. I like to put new information in my brain to try to help me not only self-improve, but to think a little bit different. Um, in regards to trying to um, maximize uh, myself and uh, my potential. Uh, but anyway, Bitcoin's dominance is at 43.3%. Ethereum is at 17.8. As Bitcoin is trading at $37,554. And Ethereum is down to $24.65. Um, down over 15% in the last 24 hours. And Binance Coin is at $334.10. Um, down almost 18% there in the last 24 hours. And Cardano, which we will be talking about uh, briefly here on the uh, video today, down over uh, 15%, almost 16% at $1.56, sitting at number five. And our beloved XRP is at $1.03. Again, a great buying opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. At $1.03, I mean, you're pretty much almost one for one. And, um, you know, if it goes up back to its um, um, previously all-time high, which was uh, this year um, at about $1.90, not $1.91, um, you're making good profit at that point. But overall, uh, down 15% uh, over the last 24 hours. Dogecoin at uh, $0.35 cents there at number 7, and Polkadot at $23.80 at number 8, and uh, ICP. 144.43 down almost 20% and again it went back up and it looks like it's going back down and um, somehow some way uh, we got a stable coin which is cool by me because um, it runs with Stellar which is the USDC um, so you know you got to look at that partnership there um, and connection as well so anyway guys look the market is taking a brutal beating a brutal beating and again um, this is a great opportunity to get some of these cryptocurrencies or digital assets at these low prices when they come down just stay your course look at that Terra Luna right there boom it's coming back down it's coming back down because you know I've talked about missing that boat 
um, where I had got some and got out of it. And, you know, I had, you know, shame myself. IOTA, we'll be talking about that a little bit today as well at $1.17. Um, I'm highly uh, high on IOTA and Algorand, and which we'll be talking about under a dollar there. Um, you get rewards on those as, as far as I know Algorand does. Um, but anyway, guys, look, the market is uh, fresh and prime for you to get up in there if you um, need to get your bags packed up. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, I'm looking for uh, more more blood in the market um, because like that guy said, you got to be the shark, got to keep on moving. Ooh, Decentraland. Wow. 80 cents. Woof. Woof. That's a good pro- um That is a very good buying opportunity if you, you ask me. Um, again, guys, this is never financial advice when I'm talking on the videos. Um, never. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor, um, but I just like to do my little research. Harmony, 10 cents there. And I think you could get Harmony over on Binance.us there. Um, again, do your due diligence, do your research, come to your own <coughs> discernment and uh, use your use, use your skill set. Whatever you're good at, be consistent being consistent with your uh, with your your uh, skill set okay so I got this uh, dispatch number 36 strong hands beat fear uh, from Nexo I am part of the Nexo community where they do send me a lot of information um, about their products and um, their websites and stuff like that but just wanted to go over uh, this real brief in this patch of your weekly dispatch a sea of red in crypto markets as we can see China's old is new crypto move and potential U.S. regulatory uh, reversals. And uh, the biggest scare of this bull market is so far happening May 19th, which was Wednesday. Uh, could be a day that lives in crypto infamy. Bitcoin crashed more than 30%. Ethereum crashed more nearly 40%. And billions and billions of dollars were wiped out in forced liquidations. And you uh, surely are sick of the endless rounds of discussion about what caused the dip. But in Dispatch, we try not to only give insights. We also want to make sure that whatever all the rage today remains is in tomorrow's arches. So time to dissect the sea of red. FUD certainly played a part in Elon's environmentally motivated turnabout. Certainly didn't help things. Tether critics have been back out in force since they made their first reserve attestation bitcoin being used as ransom in the colonial pipeline saga brought the crypto is for crime narrative right back and of course there was the china and more on that so guys i mean i won't read the whole thing it's a little bit lengthy on uh the read uh but you know i just wanted to cover these few narratives as we've been going over them um over uh, this on the channel um, tether as we know um, anytime tether pumps um, a lot of money into the market that's when bitcoin goes up and then also you have the bitcoin narrative being used as ransom uh, for the colonial pipeline and again we're getting ready from s- some sort of cyber attacks if you want to go back we've we've had the uh Fed, the federal reserve hack not too long ago We've had uh, multiple hacks, and if you look over into other countries, you're starting to see uh, medical facilities, 
um, and hospitals and things like that being hacked and then you even go back to all of the Facebook stuff and the Twitter stuff and uh, all of uh, even uh, what was it um, indeed um, all of these other um, LinkedIn all of these places of getting information hacked so um, they're just painting the narrative um, trying to get the public awakened to it so when it actually happens um, there's no surprise but here on this channel we will always discuss uh, narratives and possibilities and the writing on the wall and for Elon to talk about environmentally um, cryptos yeah, they, I, I, again, I believe that he has a lot to do with a lot. Um, and I'm not going to exclude any of his narratives as just any type of banter um, to get you to get out of a position. Um, I think that he's actually telling you stuff um, and in a way where you either believe him or you don't. And I believe most of the things that he says um, will eventually come out to be true because I mean, the guy has done some amazing things, so I, I, I don't want to doubt him. And then we also had talked about China banning um, some of their institutions from allowing um, investors to purchase crypto. So, I mean, it's all a, a bunch. But if you guys are new into crypto, um, ladies and gentlemen, just go ahead and hold your position. Continue to add to your position um, when possible. Um, again, never break yourself to where you're not taking care of your personal responsibilities where you live on a day-to-day -day basis making sure that your family has food on their plate uh, table your bills are paid and you know you have gas in your car where you get to and from work making sure that uh, your electric bills and things like that are paid and again um, if you have opportunity to buy um, then buy um, but never um, short yourself where you don't have enough fiat currency uh, to take care of your needs until uh, something else changes um, in that regard to cryptocurrency and a transition um, is at that point. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and get into what Gary Gensler, GG, uh, says. The SEC should be ready to enforce crypto ca cases to protect investors. This was uh, this is coming from uh, FX Street. Okay, you were, yes, Securities and Exchange Commission Chief, GG revealed his intentions to sue bad actors in the cryptocurrency industry. The SEC had highlighted investor protection as one of the primary reasons behind the move. And this move come after the administration requested crypto exchanges report transactions over 10,000 to the IRS. Well, guys, it's plain and simple. I just don't even transact anything over $10,000 and I keep everything on my ledger and I transact everything through a crypto debit card, uh, things like that. So at the end of the day, I like to bypass some of this stuff. Um, the United States Securities and Exchange Commission uh, chairman stated today that the regulator is ready to take on cases involving cryptocurrencies. Now, if you want to get bad actors out of there, like those pumping and dumping tether into the market or you got bad actors who are scamming people um, yeah let's do that if you are um, getting rid of people who are um, putting out uh, you know things to uh, persuade people to buy certain cryptocurrencies um, that are not legit 
Yeah, get rid of those people. Ban them. Ban them from even getting on any social media platforms. It, this is much deeper than that, but um, who am I to say anything? And um, here's a quote. As we continue to stay abreast of those developments, the SEC and FINRA should be ready to bring cases involving issues such as crypto, cyber, and fintech. So, you know, again, um, these guys just want to come in here and try to bully people around, get people out of their positions, scare them, um, things like that. Um, again, um, on this channel, we always talk about being alert, um, paying attention to scams. Um, you know, if I promote something wrong, you know, the only thing I could do is apologize for it and um, not promote the crap anymore. And this is why I appreciate um, some of the um, subscribers in the comments telling me to focus on what is proper, um, what is going to be legit, which is XRP, which is XLM and those cryptocurrencies that will have legitimate regulatory uh, clarity um, for, you know, what our purpose is which is um, building wealth, um, not trying to take away from it. So anyway, guys, I just wanted to put this article out there. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, SEC also proposes rule to allow crypto projects time to decentralize. Hmm. Really? You know, these guys are kind of making me sick because they just switched out the um, Sunshine Act meeting to next Friday, I believe, the 27th or next Thursday. Um, excuse me if I was wrong on that. But yeah, uh, whatever. You know, again, I believe that everything has this purpose and, uh, you know, everything will um, come to a head all at one time and there will be um, something that we all wake up to one morning and, and boom, there's clarity and all of a sudden we're just surprised. So, um, that's just me uh, when it comes to that. Anyway, I ran into um, this article here. Um, this was uh, written July 21st, um, 2019. Ripple versus Stellar, the history, rivalry, and the future. Many people consider Ripple and Stellar as very similar. In fact, some even think that Stellar is a fork of Ripple. Despite the many similarities that both networks have, they actually... Um, different. They are actually different entities with differing governing principles and philosophies. So what is the history of Ripple and Stellar? Are they rivals? And what does that mean for their futures? Uh, one upon a time, uh, years ago, two associates decided to work together to build a blockchain-based solution to facilitate cross-border payments between financial institutions. They were Chris Larson and Jed McCaleb and the company they founded to build the solution, which was named Ripple. Two years on, in 2014, McKayla decided to leave the company due to differences in opinion. Subsequently, founding Stellar, which also offered fast and affordable cross-border remittance solution, excuse me, but with different target markets from Ripple. As you can see, they had different philosophies. You can read all about that. Okay, and then you uh, you got Ripple, which aims to solve the issue using their uh, part, patent partner technology to enable financial institutions directly transact with each other without the involvement of any third parties. And, you know, uh, when you work with people and you have superior information or knowledge, 
yeah, you kind of bump heads and you go and uh, create two different uh, cryptocurrencies that solve actually two different problems, which is awesome. Um, so whereas for Stellar, uh, the main idea behind this development is to provide fast and cheap international money transfers for everyday people, particularly those included in world's unbanked or underbanked populations. So guys, when it comes to the Stellar Network, I mean, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Although financial institutions like banks can also utilize Stellar's technology for cross-border payment services, the Stellar Development Foundation makes it clear that their main focus is to connect people to low-cost financial services to fight poverty and develop individual potential, as clearly mentioned on their website. And additionally, Stellar's altruistic ideas are also shown by the fact that the Stellar Development Foundation is a non-profit organization so you guys can read the rest of this i'll leave it here in the description okay and you can read all about it um, there's much more uh, to understand about their partnerships and their you know like their cohesiveness um, and duality i guess you want to call it um, and i think that they're going to be uh, two monsters in the crypto space here in a short period of time and again that's why I believe XR, XLM is uh, flying way, 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 way under the radar um, as far as anything is concerned. And this is why I believe that those prices um, are dirt cheap at the moment. So anyway, let's go ahead and move forward. This is the judge that uh, denied Ripple's bid to bar SEC from seeking foreign info on XRP. This is from Forecast. And this is written by um, Michelle Lim, May 20th. And uh, that is uh, 2021 here. And well, let's go get, get into it. In a legal win for the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, a judge has denied Ripple Labs' request for the SEC to stop using requests for assistance to foreign regulators to obtain information on Ripple and XRP transactions overseas. The uh, U.S. Magistrate Judge Sharon Netburn, in her ruling, also ordered the SEC to produce all documents obtained through the use of formal requests. In addition, the SEC was directed to produce copies of all previously served requests within 14 days and any subsequent requests within 14 days of their service so as to improve transparency in the process. And the SEC also will need to produce a privilege log when it believes it has a proper claim of privilege. The court concludes that the SEC's use of the request is permissible and not an affront to the court's jurisdiction. Netburn wrote in her ruling, um, is the use of such formal requests proper? Um, last month, Ripple Labs, its CEO Brad Garlinghouse and Executive Chairman Chris Larson argued in a joint letter to the judge that the SEC was pursuing discovery outside the scope of federal rules and the Hague convention by improperly leveraging memoranda of understanding f with foreign regulators who then at the SEC's request serve burdensome document requests on entities under the foreign regulators jurisdiction. The MOU process involves a foreign securities regulator in the discovery process which has significant impact on the recipient of the requests including Ripple's overseas business partners and amounts of 
unwarranted intimidation tactics, Ripple's lawyers wrote. So anyway, guys, um, in my personal opinion, I don't think this is a bad thing. Um, I think that is it is a good thing for discovery um, because what happens is when you um, begin to uh, discover other parties that say, for instance, XRP is not a security, it's more of a digital currency or is for cross-border payments or it can be transaction for a large scale uh, amounts of money being moved. Um, I think once that is discovered and that information is uh, worked out and understood um, by the SEC, uh, then I think that this is uh, it, this is just water under the bridge. And again, it's a lot of financial banter uh, back and forth. It's uh, like theater. Um, so if you can kind of see through all of the smoke screens and things like that, um, there's nothing to worry about. And again, as XRP comes down to a dollar, um, you're almost again, guys, you're getting one for one and you're not going to have it any um, better. But I do believe that it could go a little bit lower if it does. Um, you know, I'll stake another position um, at those prices. Uh, and then again, um, on certain exchanges that I do have XRP, I want a dollar cost average um, on uh, those um, holdings so that, you know, I don't mess up that that, that dollar cost. Um, but anyway, um, as the prices get lower, then obviously um, we're good with that. Um, the global shift to explore CBDs. This is also um, something about Ripple XRP. This is coming from Ripple.com. The global shift to explore CBD, CBDCs. Um, unsurprisingly, the pandemic has driven many of us to rely on digital forms of payment over cash and and in fact 25 percent of u.s consumers use less cash now than they did did in march 2020 and additionally government policies around the world are now pushing towards digital currency adoption to format contactless payments and for example china's central bank branch is looking into eliminating banknotes from certain sectors but without cash payments what will be the alternative for central banks Intercentral Bank Digital Currency CBDCs. A CBDC is a sovereign equivalent of private cryptocurrencies and digital assets answered on and controlled by the country's central bank and and used by people and businesses for retail payments. The overall mission of CBDCs is simple, which is to move money like information to stay on top of today's constantly evolving digital market and central banks must actively review the pros and cons of offering a private digital currency in their region. In fact, 86% of central banks are already investigating potential CBDC adoption, with over half already progressing from research to pilot projects. China has started trials of the yuan currency with a proposed launch date of February 2022. European officials want to launch a digital euro by 2025, and the Bahamas has put its version, the sand dollar, into circulation. The United States announced it explores the digital dollar, the digital dollar, which is a tokenized version of the dollar as we know it. So, um, guys, I think that this might move a little bit faster. And again, when it comes to CBDC, what I do believe. Uh, 
I might be overthinking it, but say for instance, if you make a transaction through e-commerce, you would then have to convert to their currency of choice, which would be like, say for instance, the EU one, which is already digital, um, where all of their digital dollars stay within that um, area, okay? With the Euro, the digital Euro, all of the digital Euro will be transactioned and stayed over there um, in their uh, boundaries. Just like with the digital dollars, you can only use digital dollars here in the United States. So if people are doing commerce, import, export, um, they would then have to convert to the currency um, where they are purchasing. And I think that would also uh, trickle down to the everyday investor um, or the everyday person who uh, facilitates a transaction, whether it be here in the United States or, say, for instance, um, wherever they might have a digital uh, currency of choice, which I do believe will be a basket of currencies, um, kind of like your SDR, whatnot. And uh, same with cryptocurrencies, they'll have their select few, which we'll get into, which I do believe those select few will uh, most likely be a part of that basket and attached to um, something significant. Uh, some of the key benefits to CBDCs, which will enhance existing payment systems and promote financial inclusion, encourage greater competition, foster innovation, and also main control. And then also there has to be some interoperabilities, which are the key to success. By 2024, at least half of the world's population is expected to use digital wallets for transactions that will be valued at more than $9 trillion annually. So guys, when we see the market cap come under uh, the crypto market cap come under $2 trillion. That's just nothing. That's just something that's going to be uh, a blip on the radar when you're doing $9 trillion annually. And with this in mind, every CBDC will need to have some level of interoperability built in. Interoperability is the ability to share and assess information across multiple networks without the need for an intermediary, thus reducing costs and saving time for parties involved. A BIS survey found that improving the efficiency of payments was the key motivation to adopting CBDCs and rightfully so without seamless domestic and cross-border functionality, which most CBDCs will significantly underachieve that potential. Okay, the ripple impact and March 2021 we announced our CBDC solution that can provide central banks a secure, controlled, and flexible means of issuing and managing digital currencies. The CBDC's private ledger is based on the same blockchain technology that powers the XRPL and is also uh, leverages the RippleNet technologies and the Interledger protocol, which is the ILP, bringing the best technologies together to support central banks' needs. Ripple is currently engaging with the central banks to discuss how our private ledger can help them achieve their CBDC goals. And they are looking forward, Ripple is looking forward to the next evolution of money. And for more details on CBDCs, check our C out our CBDCs and interoperability webinar. Get in touch with CBDC at Ripple.com to find out how your organization can get involved. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to say anything more. These guys are going straight to the banks with the solution, with the 
with the with the problem that they have and they're offering it now again if these guys don't get on board and they're not you know adequate enough or you know capable enough to see the writing on the wall um, then that would be something that they need to uh, figure out on their own because they will no longer exist so when you start seeing different type of banks pop up uh, you know not even banks just you know like you know like a little mobile mart you know you're starting to see ATMs with the ability to buy Litecoin Bitcoin Ethereum uh, when those start popping up uh, you know the game is over okay the gig is up and you got to get on board and this is why CBDC is important yes they're going to have their control their leverage um, but it has to all be um, interoperable and transparent will we have access to their private ledgers probably not but you know when we see transactions of large scale um, it will be on the blockchain so anyway moving forward this is coming from flare.finance slash hashtag DeFi. and uh, guys this is from the uh, flare network um, website i guess this was on their twitter today and um, i just wanted to go over it briefly um, because a lot of people are seeing some things the first platform uh, first DeFi platform built on the flare network institutional grade decentralized finance harnessing the true potential of the flare network you could go ahead and read their um, white paper right there and then I just uh, wanted to go over this real quick because we talked about Cardano possibly going um, on their uh, network um, guys I don't want to speculate um, I'm not saying that this is true um, but we do see it right here and again um, I will say I'm going to hold off on that because I don't believe um, this will be a match that this is just my personal opinion but if they do then you know I'm more um, convinced that Cardano will have some uh, longevity um, attached to it when it uh, joins this ecosystem however um, what I do want to point out is um, IOTA I, I'm very high on IOTA I'm very confident that IOTA will be part of those uh, basket of currencies um, you can learn about it on iota.org I don't get paid to promote none of this stuff I just do my own research come to my own conclusions and you can really read a lot about this stuff um, on your own terms but I just wanted to point it out um, when it comes um, to uh, different type of cryptocurrencies all right and then lastly what I wanted to go over before I end the today's video um, is this right here which is the interledger protocol family and ISO 222 ecosystem this was last dated up 724 2020 I'm not sure uh, where this came from um, but I seen it floating around so I just you know wanted to look at it uh, just briefly um, so that you guys can understand uh, the importance of some of the things that I promote Algorand is one of them Stellar is here you have Zenfin which is XTC you also have Ripple XRP and you also now have IOTA part of this protocol family and if this is true if this is true um, you know my theory is uh, XRP is gold Stellar is silver um, Algorand is palladium Zenfin is copper and IOTA is iridium um, that's just you know some of the things that I've you know seen 
um, out there reading coming across when it comes to certain things that's just that's just that guys i'm not gonna you know speculate too much further um but you know do your due diligence come to your own conclusions um and and things like that so um that's it uh, for today guys happy friday again i hope that you guys are uh, gonna have an outstanding weekend and uh, most definitely try to do something fun new and exciting and if you want to pick up that book pick up that book um try to read um, it's a real short book. It's not. It's a real thin paperback book. Um, and if you like to read on your Kindle or whatnot, you can do that as well. Um, but anyway, guys, always stay learning. Always stay active. Always try to put something um, out there that will challenge you uh, to do the best and be the best uh, when it comes to um, taking care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, I, I want those best things for you. But anyway, guys, have a, again, have a wonderful weekend. And again, hit the subscribe button if you think that um, I'm worth the subscribe and you enjoy the content. And uh, share the information on your favorite platforms if you don't mind. Hit the like button, the thumbs up, as well as the rumble. Thank you guys again. God bless. Take care. And as always, treat everyone with class, dignity, and respect. Bye-bye. Thank mm -hmm. you.